Indescribable podcast to recap CXG on one indescribable podcast. They'll share their points of view, and in this one, it's an overview of the whole third season talking through characters and what we thought of them giving out extra points also our favorite songs no game because lindy won now onto your favorite podcast when we bring all of our takes Yes, that's right. We're here. We're back for the season three retrospective of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We are, of course, uh, one indescribable podcast. So we've been going through the CW show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend week after week after week. I'm Adam H. Taking us through as best I can. But I'm not alone uh, in this endeavor here, nor will I ever be alone in this endeavor here. Thank goodness, because I'm here with someone who makes me so truly happy uh, it's Lindy, TV Lindy. How are you? I'm honored that I make you truly happy and surprised, but uh, you're surprised. We are. We're like almost 50 episodes into this podcast. Uh, it's like surprising, given how much we argue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, argue is like a uh, you know probably negative connotation word. What word would you use then? I would say like friendly uh respectful disagreements among fellow philosophs see the is... funny part is you even disagreed with my word <laughs> yes here, but, but so. true it's, it's very true you can't true. get through a single a single conversation back yeah. and forth without that or was that part of the bit and we were oh. just <laughs> Uh, it clearly wasn't because we don't plan any of this out beforehand. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Uh, <laughs> um, the other person here with us, someone who I think is probably my underrated pick of the season, Todd. Todd Delay Brayton, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. And actually, this is our 50th episode. You mentioned almost 50 episodes in, and we are now 50 episodes in. This is the 50th <laughs> episode of our podcast, which is just mind-boggling oh my gosh i thought it was next week okay well that's my bad that's my bad (laughs) i thought we had one more episode to go but uh well welcome to the 50th episode we did it i think does this mean we made it are we like a real podcast now we did it i thought it was like after you do like eight of them (laughs) haven't you heard that it only takes eight haven't you heard that that like once you do that many like it like you're more likely to keep going or something like that. Oh, okay. You've never I mean, heard that? I, no, I haven't. Maybe I made but, it up. I don't know. Well, you're a 50-time podcaster now, so, like, I, you know, 50-plus-time <laughs> uh, podcaster. Um, I guess it kind of makes sense, right? You have, like, the initial hump of, like, once you get into the rhythm, get into the commitment, like, it, it tracks. That, that makes sense. Well, we're here. Yeah. We've uh, – do we call this the second hump? Now we just can't stop. Like you have eight to get in and then you're consistent, but once you hit 50, like you're, that's it. You're, you're in for life now. Like we can't ever stop doing this, Lindy. So we have to do this every week for the rest of our lives. Correct. I think so. 
I think those I are the rules. No, I committed to that, but <laughs> well, <laughs> gotta you, read the fine print. Lindsay, there was a forty-two episode window where we could have gotten out, <laughs> but now we have passed it. Okay, well, then I guess I, I'll I'm here for the long run. Here I don't we have are. Choice. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of here for the long run, we are going to be talking about the long run of this season. Uh, that was really bad. Yeah, this is why we like Lindy <laughs> do this, but that's okay. Um, we're talking about season three here. So we have uh, just finished recapping all 13 episodes. Uh, we finished last week on such a high, Lindy. I mean, my goodness, you came back from the depths of despair to win the quiz for the season. I won the quiz. It was incredible. I can't even describe. The f- it's an indescribable feeling yeah. to have won the quiz. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, we love to see it. Yeah, we we absolutely love to see it. It's going to be competitive going into season four. We have no game for today, um, but we're going to be following basically the same uh, setup that we have done after the previous two seasons as well. Um so we're going to go through our truly happy points for the season. We've each been giving one out every single episode, as have all of the guests, of course. And so we're going to go through those. We are going to award one final truly happy point for the entirety of season three and the full arc of season three. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about our favorite songs and most underrated songs from the episode. So that's what we're here to do today. Uh, right at the very top here. If you're only here to talk about new episodes of CXG, you're just watching along. You're like, ah, come on, Adam, Todd, and Lindy, get to the friggin' content. What are we doing here? Uh, you're going to have to wait a couple of extra weeks because next week we are not going to be talking about season four, episode one. Instead, we are going to be talking about School of Rock. And I cannot even tell you how excited I am. It is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I was telling Todd before the podcast today that I could probably quote every single line of that movie. And I fully believe that with all of my heart. And so we're going to be talking about that next week. We're super excited. And then after that episode, we will be getting into season four with season four, episode one. So uh, not this episode, not next week, but the following week, if you are here strictly for episodic coverage of CXG, if you want us to get to the point and get to the point quickly, like we do every single episode, you're going to have to wait two more weeks for that to happen. The yeah, odds are, hey, like, yeah, if the odds are you're not. But for getting to the point, I, mm-hmm. I wonder why you're still here because it takes us a while. <laughs> uh, either right. way, we appreciate you being here, even if you are still here, just to get to the point. So we're going to be doing that. That's our next two weeks. That's what that's going to look like. Um, but let's get to what we're doing here today, which is to get uh, talk about all of season three. And I have to say, just right off the bat, before we even talk about these character rankings, what a wild season of television i mean we thought that season two was crazy and like how that ending it just kept escalating and going forward it just kept going uh what the heck was season three good good lord like now that we're like looking back on this holy smokes what did we watch yeah that's a great question season three was such a roller coaster ride it just uh started off with rebecca on her quest for vengeance that was like a really crappy uh quest for vengeance pun not i think you mean revenge revenge uh but yeah and then we went from that to her her spying into depression and then her suicide attempt and then her diagnosis and then her trying to get better but then stumbling constantly uh two steps forward one step back maybe even one step forward two steps back uh, depending on the week or the episode 
So Rebecca's journey was pretty wild, but we also had Josh who became like from the central focus of the show for the first couple of seasons to being practically a non-entity. And even if he was in the show, he was like irrelevant. Um, got to see Nathaniel go on a personal journey that we thought was going to like, you know, he started to become a better person, but then he like shoots himself in the foot with the whole affair thing. Uh, we had just so much stuff going on. It was, yeah, it was a wild season. We never knew what was going to come next. Um, it was an uneven season. I will definitely say <laughs> that. I think we we had like a multiple episode stretch that all three of us were like, this episode was not good. What are they doing? Uh, so I think if we, I, I think at the end of everything, we'll probably like do like our reveal or overall like season rankings. And that'll be a thing we'll do when everything is all said and done of all, all four seasons. But this one, I feel like the unevenness it has some pretty high highs, but has some really low lows. Yeah, I mean, could not agree more. We there was we did some crazy stuff this season. The the time jump, Heather had a, a baby. I mean, like we so many wild things happened. Daryl um, named the baby Habeka. I mean, maybe Habeka. Uh, wow, that might be one of the worst things that happened this entire season. Um, but all along the way, we were giving truly happy points to these characters uh, as we went through episode by episode. Each of us gave one point per episode. Uh, and Lindy here is going to take us through what our overall results look like for season three. So, yes. Lindy, oh. take it away. I just ha- I like to get that in. You know, I like to get the take it away in. I feel like it's become, uh, you know, the norm here. You always say that. And I didn't wait for it this time. Yes. And I, I should have. I- do you want to try it again? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, we are going to be going through our character rankings here. The truly happy points that we get. And Lindy is going to be doing it. So, Lindy, take it away. <laughs> all right thanks was that Adam. better was that good <laughs> well I, I just laughing that like we made a big deal about like getting to the point and then we like are like doing a retake of like something that has already happened just yes because so yeah it was all right. a bit and now you're doing a bit about the bit which i love so it's all yeah, good this exactly. is all good stuff okay I just gotta get us back on track <laughs> take it away <laughs> <laughs> all right so just as in previous seasons we are going to go through the list of characters that received a truly happy point this season from the characters who received the least to the character who received the most now we also just briefly touch on the main characters who got zero points because they were uh, you know a fairly big part of the season but did not make us truly happy at all um so Without further ado, we will start off with those zero-point getters for Season 3. But they are fairly major characters. Um, So the people who got zero points. We'll start off with Joshua Felix Chan. Now, I believe that Joshua Felix Chan has only ever received one point, ever. (laughs) And this season got none. This season was terrible for Josh. This is his worst season yet. At every turn, he's doing something horrible. Last season, he left Rebecca at the altar, but this season, I mean, we've got his whole journey with priest school and then his disgusting bartending experience and just every single and like eating chips while Hector and his mom are trying to record a podcast. I mean, every single thing Josh was doing in this season just did not uh did not look good for him so that is why he is here with zero points next we have white josh who also got zero points but i feel like we like him a lot more yeah yeah we definitely all like white josh 
more than we like a uh, Josh, which uh, is a very low bar to, to clear. Uh, to be fair, that's like damning with faint praise. Say we like any character more than we like Josh. Uh, and the, the wildest thing for me is like, so White Josh is like, never we like do the overall scores across all three seasons. Well, White Josh is still pretty high compared to a lot of characters. But this season, he just... Uh, so I think the problem with so much of White Josh's storyline this season is like, no, I don't want to have a kid. Oh, we're breaking up. Oh, I'm dealing with us having broken up. It he didn't really have a whole lot of really good storylines that weren't just him being the 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 naysayer to what Daryl wanted. Daryl had a dream, and White Josh didn't want to be a part of that dream. And it wasn't necessarily shown in a negative light, but he never really had a storyline that put him in the forefront in a way that we could really like root for him, like we did in the previous seasons, whenever he and Daryl were first getting together, or even like have some some like a some nice a uh, judgy Y Joe scenes. So you a little bit of judgy Y Joe, but they're more like throwaway things and not uh, like a big part of the thing. And the wildest thing about this to me is this was the season that he became like a series regular. Like David Hole had not been a series regular until season three. And so for season three, he would finally become a season regular and it actually be like kind of the least amount of good Y Joe content that we got is kind of bizarre to me. All right, next up we have Scott, who has received points from us in the past, but this season I feel like did not have a lot going on. Yeah, it's like we barely even saw Scott at all. Whenever he did say he would just like pop in to like say something to Paula and maybe like spur Paula along the whole thing about, oh yeah, well that's your thing. You get focused on one thing and then you forget the family and we did other thing. You know, he's there more as like a catalyst for Paula to do things or something for her to make a little a little quip to here and there, but in terms of like full on stories, I don't know. We really got like a full on Scott Paula story this season. Did we maybe in the very beginning, but not for quite some time now. Um, and then we have our final uh, person who got zero points this season. It surprises me a little bit, but here we have Valencia. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me a ton. I mean, uh, we have been uh, not super high in Valencia the entire time. My my one note on Valencia here, especially as we get near the end of this season, um, I think that Valencia struggled from being very specific in her role in the show at the start of the first season. And I think that she, you know, she she very much played that antagonist of, of someone who was with Josh. Rebecca wanted to be with Josh. She was the one preventing. It was a very easy role for her to kind of slot into. And that's sort of how we viewed her as a character. But then once we kind of got past that, I think the show struggled a little bit with like, is she part of the of the of the of the gal group, the uh, I forget what they call themselves. What are they? What's the girl group forever? The girl group forever. Uh, is she like a major part of that? How involved is she like with work? She was trying to do her, um, you know, uh, wedding planning, event planning. I think she just kind of struggled to like find a lane that felt right for her. But I do think, and, and the one thing I will say is we go here into season, into season four and even near the end of season three, we gave some points, um, so her new partner that we'll talk about in a little bit, but I feel like they finally found a place for her to fit in that feels good. And so I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they close out Valencia's story here now that we've sort of moved past all of that initial stuff. Uh, and I'm optimistic that we'll see her um, not with a bagel uh, in the final season. I sure hope so. 
Um, so that was everyone with zero points, all the major characters. And then we have a fair number of people who got one point in season three. Um, so the first person who got one point is George. I believe that was from me, and I'm struggling to remember why. And I'm also kind of feeling like I regret that a little bit. I don't feel like George is a great person overall. And yet here he is on the list with a point. What's funny, uh, just kind of fitting with George, is I noticed that whenever I have like a little formula set up to do the math for us about how many points people got, and apparently George wasn't on my list uh, with the formula. So someone had to go in and actually add him manually because there wasn't any formula there, which is very fitting for George that, you know, I just completely forgot he existed and didn't add him to the list uh, of people that might conceivably get points. <laughs> I That was me. I had to add him. Poor George. This was the episode, if I'm remembering this correctly, this was the episode he trapped them in an elevator? This, that no, that right. was that was last season. That was <laughs> season two. The, the Santa Ana wins was the second season. Oh. That was, I was like, the I wedding. Can't, oh I know I didn't God. do that. What I know I, I didn't do a point for that. This was, yeah. uh, what this was episode. This? Uh, so she gave him the point in episode three, okay. which is the Josh is a liar episode. And I'm looking at the synopsis, trying to see any mention of George in the synopsis on Wikipedia. And there <laughs> well, he was is... definitely in it. I'll he tell was, you that. He must yeah. have been in it. I, yes, it was. It was the go. I go to the zoo episode, is what it was. So maybe you know, George's I... interactions with Nathaniel. <laughs> he was there with Nathaniel. He was with Nathaniel. He was there at Nathaniel's apartment, like serving dinner. I think. <laughs> I yeah, think you... I found that funny. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I think it's one of the episodes like probably we're struggling to find people to give points to in that episode, and that's uh, and you found him funny, and that's actually it too. Yes, there have been some episodes where it's been difficult to find someone, um, but this next person I think deserves a point. Probably deserves more than one point. It's Josh Groban <laughs> making the list here. Um, an amazing guest appearance. He's got the great epic song in there and it was amazing yeah this is one where i have to say uh if we if i would have gone to marissa first uh on her truly happy point i feel like josh groban is higher on this list that might I just agree. be me i don't think i'm picking yarl if i'm remembering that josh groban is in the episode <laughs> I, maybe we all might have done that so it, it's highly possible. It's highly possible. Okay, well, it's one hundred percent certainty, but it's highly possible that that may have happened. I would just like to first and foremost apologize to Josh Groban officially here. <laughs> um, you probably should be higher on this list, but to your credit, uh, Marissa came in and astounded all of us because if she wasn't here, you would have no points. So, uh, shout out to Marissa. Exactly. Um, someone else with one point was Cornelia. She is the woman who came in and kind of replaced Rebecca at the office and everyone was really oversharing with her, um, really pushing the boundaries that coworkers should have with each other. And she basically, uh, you know, filed a complaint and got out of there. And I respected that. So that's Cornelia. Um, then we have Brendan, one of Paula's sons. Yeah, and I'm the one that gave Brendan a point that episode. That was an episode where I was struggling to find anyone to give a point to because everyone was acting pretty awful 
in that episode. Uh, and But the, the Paula's family storyline was my favorite thing about that episode. And out of Paula's family, Brendan is the one who made me laugh the most. And so I just gave Brendan the point because he made me laugh the most out of a uh, that family. His whole thing with like the Pretty Pretty Princess game, a, uh, his delivery all that made me laugh. So that's why he got the point. And we have another child of a main character. We also have Madison with one point. And I also gave Madison the one point. And that was the episode where she tricked uh, Daryl and Y. Joe into breaking up. So I had to give her the point for like, forcing them to do the thing that either one of them wanted to do. And the, the little girl outsmarting the two adults I felt was worthy of a truly happy point. Then we have probably the best entry on this list. Uh, we have a one point for old lady extra in first penis I saw. Courtesy of Touchdown Tommy. Hey, uh, so yeah, I love you, it. <laughs> oh, yeah, really. I, this is a really strong pick. Uh, I think there were a lot of good options uh, for that episode. We actually all give it to different people for that episode, which I always think it's interesting when we have episodes like that. Uh, good pick. Good pick, Tommy. And then there is one more character who got one point this season, and that is Mrs. Chan, Josh's mom. Yeah, and I'm the one that gave her the point. I believe that's the episode where she kicks Josh out of the house. I mean, come on. Do I need to say more? <laughs> I guess not. Uh, so that was everyone with one point. Now we move on to people who got multiple points, which means they made us happy at least more than once. Um, so we've got two people here. And probably the biggest kind of decrease in points we have paula with only two points this season yeah it's kind of wild because season one paula was like i think at the top of our of our point getters and then last season i think she started to go down a little bit until now that she's here just barely getting any points at all i think part of that is you have moved more and more away from paula being part of rebecca's hijinks so she's not necessarily you know, intimately involved in everything that Rebecca is doing. And the more Paul has been removed from Rebecca's hijinks, the in some ways, it's not necessarily weaker her storylines have become, but the less important, they're not the A plots. They might be the B plot or the C plot. Uh, and like the, the one episode that I gave her a point in, uh, she's barely in at all. The reason I gave her a point is for her, like making fun of Tim. Like her making fun of Tim is the reason why that he like realizes something's going on with his wife. And at the end, he like uh, thanks Paul for it. And she's all like, oh yeah, it's not the first time my cutting remarks have, you know, helped someone improve. And then she crushes his soul yet again without even meaning to. I mean, that's the extent of Paula making me happy in this season. I think Paula has had some really good moments in the show uh, this season anyway. But I think that just with her being removed from the the big stories, it has really impacted a uh, her chances to shine and then we also see her doing some things that aren't so great frequently even though she's you know, divorced herself from a uh, the big things like her uh like trying to blackmail the girl into giving daryl his egg or things like that uh, or, be, or treating everyone horrible in the office so i think paula had definitely had some like weaker moments this season and i will say even when she was part of the big thing like the big thing I remember is her being really supportive of Rebecca when she was in the hospital and getting her diagnosis. But in episodes like that, you combine it with her totally yelling at the nurse who's just trying to help, which which made it 
difficult for me to justify giving a point to that. So I think that's where Paula struggled. Like, you know, she's got some good moments, but then she's got those moments that Todd mentioned, those big uh, questionable things, and then the little things too. So I think that's how we ended up here. Yeah, it's interesting. She only got the two points this season. One was from me, one was from Todd. Uh, Lindy, not a single Paula point this season. I I, I, but... I relate. Uh, last season, I didn't give a single point to Paula either. We, uh, you know, she's been very, uh, very up and down. It's been, you know, we were very strong in her in, in season one. And I think it's just been, um, to the show's credit, there have been other characters that have been far too tempting to want to give these truly happy points to. Speaking of which... Someone else we gave two points to. I guess we love them as much as we love Paula. It's Hector. Oi. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, that's, I mean, that's a big statement. That's, you know, I don't, <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, I don't know if we would go that far, but it has been pointed out to me that I'm the only one of us three to even give a point to Hector. Um, I'm, I'm, I only gave him one point. Uh, one of our guests, I forget who gave uh, the other. Um, so, and I said this previously this season about Hector, that I was very upset with how his storyline started and how much we were expected to like him for how little we were given. He had, like, started this thing with, with Heather and we were supposed to like it, or I was I was being criticized for being a little harsh on Hector, and I, admittedly I was pretty harsh on Hector, but all we had seen from him up to that particular point, very specifically that I was talking about, like in season one, he was late to stuff. He was he was flaky. He didn't really have a cohesive story point, except for the fact that he was weirdly close with his mom. Um, I'm not editorializing. That was the like very direct. <laughs> Everyone was saying he was weirdly close with his mom. They had talked about doing like the love podcast, all the weird stuff with them. Uh, I don't think Hector had a very strong start to the show. That being said, I think this season is very, very good for Hector. If we look at characters who uh, had a starting point that I think was pretty low and the end point, which was significantly higher, I have to look at Hector at being on this list because I think he started off in a pretty unfortunate spot, but he like matured. He grew up a lot. He moved out from his mom or his whatever. His mom adopted Josh, which that makes complete sense to me <laughs> in that context. He's with Heather. They have like a... Uh, at least from what we've seen, relatively healthy and functional relationship, which is hard to come by in this show. Let me tell you, especially if you're a main character, that's not an easy. It's not an easy thing to accomplish. Um, and we like see Hector involved here, so I, I'm I'm happy that Hector is on this list. I'm happy that I gave him this point, um, and I really I really appreciated his arc here uh, in season three. I don't anticipate him being very high in the list in season four. But in terms of what we saw this season, I'm glad he made the list. Yep. And the other point he got was from Melissa in the diagnosis episode where he was at the hospital helping out, kind of you know, yes. drawing Valencia's ire and everything, being a lightning rod for, for her. All right. So now we move on to all of the characters who got three points. And starting off is our main character, Rebecca, who had... You know, Todd described the season as a roller coaster, and I think that is because Rebecca had a roller coaster of a season here. It's very true. And yeah. this is actually the same amount of points that she got last season as well. Uh, she got quite a bit more of the very first season, 
But the last two seasons, new Rebecca's roller coaster ride has been difficult to watch at times. It's the thing where we call it the truly happy point. And even if we're rooting for Rebecca, whenever we see her do things that are damaging to herself and her quest to improve herself, it's really difficult to say she made me truly happy. Uh, so I think that's where we really have trouble. Even there are times like, okay, she made me laugh a lot, but then she did this thing that was just like, no, why would you do that? Whenever that happens, sometimes it's really, really hard to give her a truly happy point. Yeah, I, I mean, she only got three points this episode. Two of them were from you, Lindy. I had the other, uh, none from Todd. I always find it really fascinating when we have like such a main character not get any points from one of us, um, which it seems to happen more than we probably think that it would uh, with, with the way that we do this. But um, I, I think you hit it right on the head, Todd. It was so many times of like, I wanted... I, I so desperately want Rebecca to make me truly happy that it like stings that much more when ultimately she doesn't at the end of these episodes, um, which is, uh, it's like part of the show. That's like part of what we're going through. It's part of the, the, you know, journey that we're seeing her go through. Um, but it still is hard to watch and similarly hard to award her these truly happy points uh, for these episodes. I, as I'm sure is clear, I love Rebecca and I, you know, I ended up giving her a lot of points in the first season. I know. And since then, yes, it is hard to give her a point when, you know, the things she's doing are just probably going to make her life harder basically. But I, when I think of season three, I think my favorite most fun thing is the very beginning of the season. And that is when I gave Rebecca those points because it's right after, you know, Josh has left her at the altar. She returns to the office in dramatic fashion. She's dyed her hair. She turns around in the big chair. She says ironic in a wonderful way. She's out for revenge. And it's I find that part of Rebecca's journey this season like really fun, which is why she got those points from me early on. Um, but yeah, as the season went on, I do think you know, in the middle of the season when she gets her diagnosis, like that is so important. We talked a lot about that. Um, and that's like a really great moment of the show. And I think the path after that for the rest of the season has been pretty rocky for Rebecca, um, which is understandable. Um, but yeah, that is the reason that she only got those three points this season. So then we have another major character and that's Daryl. Yeah, uh, th this one actually surprised me a little bit, looking back at our own scores. Um, it's something I should probably do more often, <laughs> of like look at the actual scores that we're giving, but I just tend to not do it unless it's, you know, these retrospectives. Uh, I was the only one that gave Daryl points this season, I believe. Uh, is that right? I that gave is him, correct. You I gave, gave him, him all three points. I gave him all three uh, of his points, which is... I mean, I've like been a Daryl fan since season one. I, I really do like Daryl. We, we talked a lot about kind of his rough start where we, where we wanted him to go. Um, I think that he fits the role of the character really, really well. Uh, I think it's like acted magnificently. I think a lot of his songs are really, really strong. Um, I love how supportive he is of his friends. Um, and we talked a little bit about it before the, the white Josh getting zero points of it all. I actually think has a lot to do with Daryl this season um, because the biggest portion that we saw was the relationship or lack thereof in, in the end of the season sense between Daryl and white Josh. 
Um, and we saw that struggle. We saw it represented. Todd was giving points to to Madison there as they're like being broken up. Gerald's going through like a really rough time. Uh, we saw him go to the music festival. Um, we've like seen Daryl try to make this work because he wants to have a kid. Um, and I think where we get to at the end of the season, I couldn't tell you exactly what happens in eight and nine. Um, but I think like his journey of realizing number one, that he wants a kid and then his journey of getting there is powerful. Um, I think like his, he was, he was very emotionally connected to white and Josh. A lot of their storylines intertwined. We love them together. Right. Like I, I, I know I'm not alone in that. Like their relationship was fun. Like we were rooting for it. We wanted it to succeed, but also when they wanted different things and it was tough to watch them uh, like be apart. Um, but I really like Daryl. Uh, I don't know that he'll be like super high going forward. I don't know that anyone else will ever give him a point. Um, but I really like Daryl. Uh, I think he's, you know, we're, we don't like you underrated characters or anything like that, but I think he's probably one of the most underrated characters uh, in the show. I, I love Daryl. I, I do. I mean, again, like my, my, probably my second favorite character, one of my two favorite characters of the show, white Josh got zero points for me this season. So like not getting points from me is not an indication that I don't like the character. Uh, but I think to your point, yeah, the uh, the Daryl White Josh stuff initially was like a really big, big thing because it's just all about Daryl pushing White Josh into this thing that he's already been told White Josh doesn't want. And that was like a big downer for me. And then like both the episodes that you gave him points for Adams, like was his like trying to, to a, a get the fertilization of the egg. The first one was like trying to get the donor. The second one was never the fertilization didn't take. And those are like really like strong emotional episodes for Daryl. But again, I think I didn't necessarily feel happy for him. And like his, his stories didn't make me feel happy. It's like, you know, I, I felt for him, but at those points, it wasn't something that I was like, yeah, you know, watching Daryl struggle wasn't something that actually made me happy at those times. So that's kind of why, you know, I think Daryl, Daryl struggles throughout the season, a uh, kind of did it. And then in at the end, whenever he's like, you know, Things are looking up for him. Like in the very last episode, I just feel like mm -hmm. they're just like other people in the episode who I felt, you know, more strongly about. Certainly. Uh, you know, obviously me too there at the end of the season with that final episode. I didn't even give it to Daryl. Um, to your, I actually think your point is really interesting here of like why we give the truly happy points. I totally agree that sometimes the storylines can bum you out and it makes you not want to like give, give those points that way. I think what did it for me was seeing him in those really tough spots, but then also seeing him like not give up and persevere forward. Because I think oftentimes we see characters regress. This happens a lot with Rebecca when something like really bad happens. Like we see her regress and it's like, Oh, I can't give her like, I can't give her the point here. But with Daryl, he just like kept pushing forward. He kept trying. He like, didn't give up. He didn't just shut down. Um, and that to me is the kind of storyline that does make me happy, even though it's not like objectively like cheery, if that makes sense. I think there's a lot of happiness to be found in, in this sort of like unending pursuit of wanting good. Uh, so that's, I, but it's, it's a very interesting logic of like why we give the points to who we give the points to and what storylines work. And speaking of cheeriness, so we have someone on this list who is a bit baffling looking back, but we somehow gave three points to Jarl, a one-episode wonder. 
Yeah, uh, that episode is really interesting. I think that episode, if it wasn't for one thing in particular, uh, my point would have gone to Rebecca. Because that's the episode where Rebecca is stalking Josh. It's like the horror movie uh, homage. And, you know, I love the horror movie stuff. And everything with Rebecca, like doing her, her like a uh, swim fan stuff and everything coming from her point of view as kind of this horror movie thriller type thing. I loved all of that stuff. But then we have the rock bottom moment at the end of the episode with her and Greg's dad. And that just like completely torpedoed any chance that any of us could have given Rebecca our truly happy point for the episode. And so once that happens, then we have to look at like everyone else in the episode and what they did and what made us laugh. And we had lots of things, with all the other characters. Well, there's this that I like, but not this I didn't like, this I like, this that I like. But Yara was just like a ray of sunshine, the whole thing, as this guy who is just there, super friendly, funny, just like speaking the truth. And Rebecca's just like, what? No, no. You know, but he's just like, you know, verbalizing this very meta comedy, exactly what's going on with everything and Rebecca is of course trying to ignore him and and she's like great with him whenever he what he's saying agrees with what she wants but once he like starts starts pointing out where things are going to go wrong she like starts to shut him out so I think just a, a moment where like no other characters were really consistently making us like laugh or were consistently good characters throughout that episode and again if any of us had thought about Josh Groban beforehand we may have all changed our thing to josh groban but yara was such a a constant presence throughout the episode i think i might have still kept with yarl may have been like the one yarl vote because i do like yarl a lot i think yarl is like a one-off character is hilarious uh the fact they got three points is mind-boggling uh but i uh, i think that he's deserving of at least one point yeah, and then we have another character who doesn't get a lot of screen time, but when they do, it's always great, and that's Mrs. Hernandez. Um, I know I gave her two of the points. I think it's just because whenever she shows up, she is really funny and really straightforward with people, like does not hide her feelings when they are doing something that she disapproves of. And it's always, it's always a little bit, it makes me a little bit truly happy, which is why I think she's this high on the list. Yeah, and I gave her her other point, and that's one that Lindy and I both gave her points, and that was the uh, Mrs. Hernandez is a gossip episode, where it just kept coming up, like, did Mrs. Hernandez tell you that? She's a liar, <laughs> you know, and things like that, which is like this great running gag. Like, they really, like, seem seamlessly like, worked her into, like, the entire episode, and, like, was some of the, one of the best uh, uses of Mrs. Hernandez throughout the series, I think. Then we have one more character who got three points this season, and that is Dr. Acopian. Yeah, and this is another one of those clean sweeps of all three of us giving her our points at once. And this is the episode where she starts off singing about maybe this time things are going to be different. And of course, they're not. Uh, but Dr. Copian is a great character. We've uh, all had love for Dr. Copian in the past. Uh, she's like someone who really wants Rebecca to get better. She wants to do everything to help Rebecca on her journey. She really cares. Yes, she also likes the money. She definitely wants that kayak, but she also is someone who is very invested because because to be honest, she could just keep cashing the checks and get make money off Rebecca forever. She didn't help her a uh, get better. She could just like keep getting the money. She getting the money one way or the other, but she really does want Rebecca to get better. She gets so upset and frustrated whenever she sees Rebecca start to back paddle or, or Rebecca start to follow to her old patterns or Rebecca ignore her advice. Uh, so I think Dr. Copian is a, a really 
really fun character uh, as a foil for Rebecca at times, but also as someone who is like doing her best to help Rebecca become a better person. And her frustration at Rebecca is all of our frustrations with Rebecca sometimes. So sometimes she's very much like the voice of the audience, which I think in this episode where we all gave her points, she very much was the voice of the audience as she was like, what are you doing? Why are you still, you know, sleeping with Nathaniel after, you know, nine months or whatever? Uh, yeah. Bunch in a copes. <laughs> yeah, she was great. Um, and speaking of Nathaniel, now we are getting to the people who got four points. And there were two of them. And the first is Nathaniel. And I know we all have a lot of mixed <laughs> opinions about this character. Um, I'm probably the highest on him of the three of us. Um, although none of us are as high on Nathaniel as Tom Palmer. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nathaniel has a really interesting journey this season. Uh, you know, he starts off, he's really into Rebecca. She's got all the power. They kind of play with that power dynamic. Um, my, one of my personal favorites, you know, his, I go to the zoo episode. Love that. Um, but on the downside, um, he does attempt to have Josh's Lolo killed. Um, that's his lowest moment as a character for sure. Um, but then he also has these moments where, you know, he confronts his parents about his childhood and has a major breakthrough there and tries to become a better person. Like, just like Rebecca, I think there are lots of ups and downs with Nathaniel. And we really see that reflected throughout this whole season. Yeah, I think one of the things with Nathaniel we talked about before is the actor himself is so charming and the chemistry he has with Rebecca is so palpable that uh, sometimes it, you know, has some of us uh, liking the character more than we probably would if we just looked at his actions in, in a vacuum. And I also had talked about this a little bit before, I think, last season about how uh, whenever you're watching the show like week to week, sometimes it's easier to like, forget about some of the stuff that happened in the past. Whenever you're on a binge though, things get cemented in your head a lot more. So for me, like a lot of my, like, cause I really like Nathaniel. I've always really liked Nathaniel as a character. And I think with me watching someone who watched it whenever it was airing weekly, you know, I started to get to the point where I was forgetting kind of the awful stuff that he did like early on to a certain degree, uh, kind of like sort of like fell out of my mind. Uh, but also it being a TV show and it being a TV show where reality is just so exaggerated that I, I have a lot easier time sometimes like forgiving certain things are just that the writers going, oh, wow, the writers throwing something out there that's just like bizarre. I'm like, why, why did you think that was a good idea? And then, then trying to like downplay it later. I mean, sometimes I get hung up on this stuff, but sometimes I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I, I also wish that had never happened. So I'm with you and just like trying to trying to pretend that he never tried to get anyone's low, low killed. Um, so, yeah, uh, I got I gave Nathaniel one point this season. Uh, that was the episode where he goes and talks to his parents and confronts his past, confronts his trauma. I held the line. Uh you know, I, I completely agree with the sentiment that they have such good chemistry. Like, the actors are so good together. And it, it, there are times when it is hard to not give them the truly happy points. But if I ever did, it would be me giving it to the actor and not to Nathaniel. And that's, like, not what we're doing here. That's not, like, the purpose of this. Um, 
there was just never a point where it makes me truly happy. Even like at the end when we are quote unquote trying to forget as best we can about the terrible things we did at the beginning. I get it. Like I understand we want to forget that kind of stuff. And it's, I think it's okay to kind of just like put it on the writers a little bit of just like, okay, we really went big here. Maybe we didn't need to do that. Let's just pretend like they didn't because we could have gotten the same effect had it not been that big. Um, it's, I guess it's like a little hard for me to do that when the writing has been so intentional in other places and so well done in other places that it's like hard for me to just accept that inconsistency. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't foresee myself giving any points to Nathaniel going forward, but uh, we'll see. A new season's a new season. I don't think it's any inconsistency because if they wanted, if they if they felt they went too far and wanted to bring it back, they wouldn't have brought it up so many times since then. It comes up in the finale when Rebecca hands out those lists. Like, they're bringing it up But it's, it like, played again. off, though. He, like, plays it off. He's like, well, it's never actually going to, like, go through with it. Um like it, it was certainly like downplayed versus what it actually was. And I'm not saying that that's not what they should be doing because I actually like it is right. Like they've committed to it. And I actually think that it's good for the show that they're trying to downplay it. But at the same time, it was at least in my opinion, when I'm like looking at them look back on that situation, it was I, what I'm seeing is like, whoa, that was a wild episode three or whatever uh good thing we're past that now right like it's fine <laughs> like we don't have to whoa that was crazy what happened back then it was i was probably never gonna do it though you like you know and then he gets punched in the face which we love you know punching Nathaniel in the face but like i don't know i like there there's like a seriousness and like a tone that i think was set in that episode where he's like dastardly trying to ruin josh's life in a lot of ways that's not even just killing someone like there are other things there that we like don't even talk about and then it's just sort of like downplayed to the end so yeah you know it it felt inconsistent to me okay. at least well i like really ended up with it and i mean yeah nathaniel gets a well-deserved punch from josh like none of us were disagreeing with that but anyway that was a controversial character for us who got the four points but i think the other character who got four points is not controversial at all we all love her it's beth and yeah another clean sweep episode the penultimate episode uh all of us gave it to beth she came on ridiculously strong here um i love her <laughs> i love her a lot she like not only in and of herself became a great character that i am actively rooting for i want to see more of i want to see the story i think she did a lot to help valencia like i said before find her lane in the show and i'm looking forward to seeing it so uh welcome to the show beth and basically welcome to the top of the leaderboard for season three with just the one episode since we had a guest that episode it was a full clean sweep four points I was kind of thinking when I was looking at this list, like, oh, like maybe Beth got so many because, you know, she's a new character and we really haven't had a chance to see any of her flaws yet. But then on the other hand, I thought it takes a lot to get four truly happy points, especially in the same episode. Like you really have to make a positive impact. So I think it goes beyond that she's new. It's like she made a great impression on us from the get go. And yeah, like Adam said, she really adds a great um like she's changed valencia in ways that we're starting to see the threads of and she, you know on her own she's just been really funny and supportive and yeah i loved her so far let me go one step further lindy uh we should have said this in real time but like i said before i don't even look back at these 
Beth is the first character ever to receive four truly happy points in an episode. We have never had a four-point clean sweep in an episode uh, where we've had a guest here, except for this one with Beth. So, uh, congratulations. We've gotten close, but we've never had all four. I will say it probably helps a little bit that no one else in that episode really deserved any points whatsoever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Nothing, to take, nothing to take away from Beth, because again, like I... I think Beth is a great character. I, I love everything she does in the episode, but the clean sweep does have a little bit to, to do with the fact that that was uh, Rebecca lying to Paula and Paula like doing things she didn't want to do. And Nathaniel uh, still like wanting to cheat on his girlfriend. Yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff on that episode that kind of maybe contributed to it a little bit, but I, at the same time, I do think that Beth like, well and truly deserved the points because the whole time she was there, she was funny. She was like a, uh, being nice to Josh. A, whenever Valencia was being mean to Josh, she was like trying to, uh, you know, you know, round out a, uh, Valencia's, uh, edges a bit, you know, trying to like help Valencia become like a little bit nicer of a person. Uh, so yeah, uh, Beth is definitely a great character, and I think the points were well deserved. But it was also an episode where it would have been hard to find someone else to give the points to. All right, so now we are down to our top two point getters for season three. So exciting. Uh, we've got two characters we really love. If you listen to us every week, I'm sure you know who these characters are going to be. Um, but let's do this in second place for the season with five truly happy points. It's Maya. Linda, you say we. Uh, the craziest stat that I have found while looking at our rankings so far not only this season, but also last season, neither of you have ever given a point to Maya. <laughs> this is uh, that doesn't mean I don't love her because I love true. her. Yeah, of, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, we there are certainly characters that we enjoy, like we said before, that have zero truly happy points. Um, but I am putting in work out here to get my favorite character Maybe up on this work. list. <laughs> Potentially too much work, but I have to say, uh the, the whole per one of the biggest things in my mind, I, it's fat, we talked about this earlier, literally with Todd, of, of kind of why I gave Daryl some of these points. One of the biggest things that I am looking for when I'm giving out these truly happy points is when they are on the screen, am I enjoying myself? Am I having a good time? Am I laughing? Am I smiling? Am I engaged with the character? Do I like what I'm seeing? Um, and is it happening consistently? Is there the like big ups and downs of where I feel really bad about the character and then I feel really good that tends to like not get, you know, a lot of truly happy response from me. I have to say every single time I see Maya on the screen, I am loving her, her attitude, her personality, the way she interacts at the office with the other characters, her, her like little quirks and sayings and her phrases, every single thing about Maya makes me truly happy i love her so much uh and even if i'm the only one giving her points and potentially persuading all of our guests to give her the points <laughs> as well uh i love her so much she makes me truly happy every single time she's on the screen and i have to say she is the only character in the entire show that i can say that for and i'm not like that's not a, a dig at any of the other characters because i'm all for seeing um emotional journeys with ups and downs like that can be interesting and compelling but when it comes to a character on this show that makes me truly happy it's maya it's maya every time i love her so much uh 
I really hope that sometime one of you two can give her any points at all because that would make me really happy. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm just going to keep giving her points because she's amazing. And there you have it. The world's number one Maya fan. <laughs> I do love her. It's just that's how that's how the points fell. I don't know. Yeah. Shout out to our two guests who gave my <laughs> points. I, I appreciate you. Yeah. All and right. Oh, Todd. I, I know I've been branded on this show as a Maya hater because mm -hmm. she's not my favorite character of all yeah. time. I stand by that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, no, I, I enjoy Maya most of the time. She makes me laugh most of the time. But some of her quirks, some of her... Uh, funny parts just don't land for me for whatever reason i don't dislike her but a uh, talk about someone that makes you happy every time she's on screen that's just for me that's not where where maya falls so i'm happy other people find so much joy in her uh but for me not so much this is adam and todd's biggest disagreement and <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny to me <laughs> all right now Todd, should we argue more do you think there's like something there uh i don't know i don't know i, I don't necessarily like to argue all that much so mm, okay uh, i uh, wish you I... would that'd be entertaining for me but <laughs> trust me whenever if there's a thing that we really disagree on i i will argue I, I'm, I'm not sitting here like keeping my mouth shut because i, I uh you know don't want to get into conflict if i disagree i'll, I'll speak up but uh such as so what you're saying is you agree with every single one of my takes oh lord i'm pretty sure i have disagreed with you before <laughs> um, i think just usually like Olivia and i both disagree with you at the same time and so exactly. she gets the lion's share of of the uh, the lightning from it i, I jump in lightning, and disagree yeah. and mm -hmm. then i say my statement and then todd says i agree with lindy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't necessarily need to to jump in and, and argue with you because lindy is more than ready to, to to get into the ring. Lindy, maybe you should try just letting Todd be the one that disagrees first. And then you could be like, I agree with Todd. If he wants to, I'll I'll do that. Because then Todd well, and I okay, well, you know. We'll have to, we'll have to coordinate a yeah, little bit. We'll, yeah. Yeah. Well, well let's back and forth. Do you want to argue with the end this time or should I? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take turns, yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we are. We're at the top of the list, our number one point getter for season three i think we all love this character it's none other than heather Woo! yes and uh i am of course the you know biggest heather fan around apparently uh, i gave her uh over half of her points this season uh but a uh every almost every time i gave her a point there's only one time i gave her a point that one of you didn't also give her a point so out of the four times I gave her points, twice a uh, Lindy also gave her a point with me, and one time Adam was the one who gave her a point with me. Another time was like the first episode of the season where we all gave different people points uh, because it was like a first episode of the season was like a really good episode and lots of really fun stuff happening. Uh, now Heather, I think this is in some ways I think maybe Heather's best season, a uh, character arc wise. I don't know that it has like the funniest Heather moments. I don't know that it has like the the, the stand-up best Heather like individual moments. But in terms of like a story arc for Heather, because the first season we really didn't have much of an arc for her. She's just like Rebecca's neighbor who eventually like 
realizes she actually likes Rebecca and starts hanging around with her. You have the whole Greg relationship, but that's not really a great thing for her necessarily. And the second season, you have the whole Miss Douche thing, but that also never necessarily went anywhere. But this season, the whole thing with the first two seasons was Heather, she's a student. She's a student. And now she can't be a student anymore. And so this season like is like Heather's journey to figure out who she is and who she wants to be. And watching Heather like struggle with that, watching her like find her her place as the uh, as like the the ma a manager for home base, which doesn't necessarily seem like wow, that's what I would have pegged Heather as being. But she's doing it because she can see a way to improve things, make things better for the, the customers at home base, for the employees at home base, to like, make things better all around. And I don't know. I just think like in terms of like, a story arc, one of the reasons why I think this is a really great uh, season for Heather is that she like goes on this journey and uh, I really appreciate that. And she also cracks me up pretty much consistently. Yeah. I, I, I think all of us are, are really high on Heather. I, you know, I don't know that I have a ton to add. I don't know that I'm necessarily as high on the arc of season three, Heather, as you are Todd. Uh, I liked early Heather. I, I think I was tempted to give her the point at that first episode as well. And so I, I, I almost had those two early. Um, I don't know that I loved Heather's arc in season three. Um, she had uh, one of my favorite songs of the season that I thought was really good, but um, she's a great character. Uh, you know, very funny consistently. Uh, and, and we love seeing her out there. I think she'll, she'll continue to be probably near the top of the, the top of the rankings especially if Todd is giving her the Maya treatment. So, uh. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. We have Maya's number one fan and Heather's number one fan speaking on behalf of their favorites. And so that is our season three list. And we'll see where this goes in season four. But before we wrap up season three, we'll just do a quick mention of our overall top ten for seasons one through three so all the seasons so far all the points have been tallied and here are the top 10 so i guess i can go backwards just to make it dramatic but so tied for uh the last place on that list um are three people who got five points each in the first three seasons uh so we've got karen dr Copian, and nathaniel <laughs> in the end of that list um, then the next highest is Maya with nine points. Then we've got uh, White Josh with 10 points, Daryl with 12 points, Rebecca with 16 points. And then for our top three, we've got number three, Greg with 18 points. He's been up there since season one, still, still holding strong near the top. So wild. And then our top two, this has changed now. Um, after this season three here, but in second place currently is Paula with 19 total points. And in first place, which makes sense, given how this season went, we have Heather with 21 points. Uh, certainly not surprised to see Heather at the top of the list. I think Greg still being number three is wild. <laughs> Yeah. We gave a lot of points to Greg, and I don't think we were, like, wrong in those points per se, but I think we've gotten now to the point, especially in season three, where we are giving a lot of different characters points as opposed to stacking them up on the main cast, probably because the main cast is not making us as happy as they did <laughs> in previous seasons. Um, 
But it's like showing here. It's certainly showing that we have a, a much wider list, but that top end still is very, uh, very focused up there. Interested to see how we close this out in season four and who will take the take the ultimate uh, title there. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and so then now we will each give one truly happy point for the whole season three. So who wants to go first? I certainly can. I just want to clarify here of, of what this point is. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is, uh, you didn't have to give this character a point throughout the season. They didn't have to do anything crazy. I think just for the overall, if we are looking at the total of season three, who made you truly happy? At least that's the context under which I am giving a point here. Um, and so with that being said, I like I don't think this is going to surprise anyone, but I will say I'm sort of between two here. I'm gonna pick the obvious choice. Like we get, like we can just like suspend the suspense here. It's fine. Uh, but I will say I nearly gave this point to Hector as we're like talking about <laughs> it, just because I think of like if I'm thinking about overall season three and the arc that these characters have went on, I'm I'm kind of out on almost all of the main characters in terms of the actual arcs that they had for season three. Uh, I don't think season three was kind to our main cast. Um, and I, <laughs> it just like didn't make me happy overall. I think Hector had a very noteworthy, positive trajectory, and I would not be upset to see him on this list. But like I said, when we were going through the points, there is just one character who makes me ridiculously happy every time she graces our presence by being on the screen. Uh, and so the person who made me truly happy in season three is of course, Nathaniel. I'm kidding. It's Maya. <laughs> uh, of course, it's Maya. Maya gets my truly happy point for this season. Yeah, I guess unsurprising. Yeah, I guess I'll go next since we also you know don't need to to have much suspense about who I'm going to pick because I've already said this character I thought is like one of her best arcs across the series. Uh, Adam disagrees, uh, but. And I, I almost want to give the point to White Josh just that he gets one point this season, uh, just because I do love White Josh so much. I, uh, but the 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 Daryl Daryl White Josh relationship I break up. I just I just hate I hated the way that it all went down. I hated that it happened. So I can't in good faith give White Joe a point just to give White Joe a point. So in that case, if I'm looking at the overall season, the one character who very rarely let me down, who I almost always found amusing and entertaining and lifted me up and made me smile. And I thought had a really good character arc is Heather. All right. One point for Maya, one for Heather. And now it's my turn. And I will say I'm giving my point to one of those two characters. Um, and probably won't be surprising. I'm going to also pick Heather because I love Heather. I love every time she shows up, whenever she has a storyline. Uh, she had a lot of big things going on this season. A lot of them revolving around, like, kind of coming to terms with being an adult. I find that really relatable. So I really love her journey here. Um, she also just keeps her signature kind of quirkiness, randomness. She just decides to become a surrogate on a whim, like, that's really intense, but it is also, that's Heather for you. And so throughout this whole season, I love her. So my point goes to Heather. We really broke the mold there uh, with our <laughs> overall truly happy points. 
Um, doesn't change almost anything in the overall rankings whatsoever. So nah, not even worth talking about that again. Uh, but congratulations to both Heather and Maya giving, uh, getting more points here at the end of the season. Um, okay. We have one more thing to do here on this podcast. And let's talk to you uh, about some of the songs that we are uh, that we felt stood out uh, in this season. So we have here are some favorites uh, and then some underrated songs that we saw. So let's start with the favorites. Um, some of my favorites this season, I think we all had a lot uh, that we that we had, though. And I, I did respect the order that we put these in on the dock. So I tried to not do any repeats. Uh, Lindy stole some of the good ones, but that's okay. Um, I, I mean, I really loved a lot of songs. I gave a lot of fives this season, but like Strip Away My Conscious, I thought was insanely good. Uh, the Moment Is Me, I also really, really loved. Uh, and then Diagnosis are, are like probably three of my top five for this season, but I gave a good amount of fives, uh, uh, this, this season. Todd, what about you? What about your, uh, your favorite songs here? So you want to talk about people stealing a a picks now I'm the last one to come into the document. Uh, I think there's like really like very few of the songs that I gave a five pretzels to were left for me to, to mention here. So, uh, okay repeat yeah. them there's no rule yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm going i'm going to but i, I came in because i tried to do that in the past like okay there, usually there's at least one song that i felt pretty highly about that you guys uh, didn't but like my top three were already basically like thick by you guys i will mention at least one though the end of the movie uh mm. i i think the end of the movie is like a really great song uh josh groban of it all you know is is great the, the appearance of him that is a great song uh, the other one, like the moment is me. Of course, I'm going to have to mention like the Heather, the Heather song because it's one of my favorite songs across the whole series. Like out of like, there's like a handful of songs that I will go and and look up on YouTube occasionally to watch, and the moment it's me is one of them. I just love it so much. Just it's like it's Heather personified, and of course, let's generalize about men, which is going to be one that Lin- Lindy brings up as well. Uh, it's just like such a perfect a uh homage to that time period and just a hilarious song just wonderfully done well you spoiled one of my picks there but (laughs) (laughs) oh okay well the thing is when i was looking for my top favorite songs from this season so many songs stood out to me i was like but there are so many amazing songs in season three i just felt like there were so many to choose from and i really just went with the ones i've listened to the most and so i'll start with one that i knew no one else was gonna pick mm-hmm. and that is i go to the zoo i have said before that is my second favorite song of the entire show i love it so much it's hilarious i know not everyone appreciates it like i do but it's amazing to me i listen to it all the time Then one of my other favorites, as Todd said, is Let's Generalize About Men. It's perfect, incredible. You can listen to it even if you haven't seen the show and still appreciate it. It's just an amazing song. And then the third one I picked was Without Love, You Can Save the World. Uh, That is one of my other favorites. It's it's great. That was their hundredth song. Everyone's in it doing the dancing. I like the song itself. I like, you know, the message, the journey that Rebecca's going through. So that is one of my other favorites. But as I said, it was really hard to pick just a few because there are so many good ones. Yeah, there really are. And so our other category here is underrated songs. Um, It's always interesting to me looking back uh, because Lindy will always have the highest average uh, for these scores 
consistently, that will be the case every single time. Uh, and I will always have the lowest average every single time without question. Um, but I give, I give so many fives <laughs> to some of these songs that you guys did not have uh, fives for. It. And so the, the ones that really stood out to me, uh, wildly enough, I'm starting with a Josh Chan song, Head in the Clouds. Um, I really liked, I really liked that song, uh, from Josh. I think, uh, there was some really good humor. I think it was very witty and I think it was very well sung. Uh, the buzzing from the bathroom, the Les Mis homage parody there. Uh, I loved it a lot. It worked for me, um, in ways that I don't think it worked for everyone else, but that's okay. Uh, and then finally the Daryl song, My Sperm is Healthy. Uh, I think that might've gotten him a point just like all on its own right there. Just because I love the song so much. Um, him singing about wildly inappropriate things at work, I think is hilarious as a viewer. I would hate it as a coworker, but as a viewer, I love it. Uh, I'm all in, uh, Lindy, what about you? Uh, some underrated songs. Yeah. So I will say that one of my favorites, I go to the zoo is definitely underrated. <laughs> that's mm, is is it though it it really is i would give that a thousand out of five it's well, so good I, lindy i don't know if you remember this you had the opportunity to raise the rating of that song i had to sing for it and that just it just didn't happen i'm sorry everyone <laughs> okay well but still adam's you know regular ranking was pretty low so that's how he truly feels and i it's underrated it just is. But that was obvious to me. So I tried to pick another song that I thought was underrated. Um, and I was looking at the scores. And the thing is, Adam and I and Todd, too, like gave out Sony fives this season <laughs> that a lot of times the songs I loved, you, you guys also gave super high scores to. But there was one song recently that I gave a five to I thought was incredible and no one else seemed to think the same. Uh, I think you thought it was good, but not that level of excellence that I saw. And that's the miracle of birth. That was in the last, the latest episode. I thought it was a great Paula song. It was obviously amazingly performed. I loved, you know, the video and, and the girls dancing and the beautiful set uh, combined with the horrific, disgusting descriptions of birth that were in there. It was funny. It was gross. It was a great performance. I loved that song. I think I think it was underrated here on the podcast. Yeah, so uh, so for my underrated song, I had a hard time picking an underrated song because when you go and look at the scores, kind of like Lindy said, like a lot of times, like you, you scored things high, then the other people also scored at pretty high there are very few times that i scored anything you know higher than either adam or lindy did uh i actually i don't know if there is like up until up a any score i gave above a three at least one other person gave like the exact same score as i did so maybe not all three of us would score high but i didn't score anything that was above any of my scores above three wasn't higher than either one of yours so like the closest i could come to an, an underrated song really was fit hot guys have problems too which Jim and I both gave 4.5s and Adam gave like a 1.1. So that's like the closest I can come to because other than that the only thing that I gave a higher score than either one of you I had the first one I got scary scary sexy lady which I just gave a 3. 
And I don't really think Scary Scary Sex Play is an underrated song. I actually gave it the three. I bumped it up because I think like the visuals and the idea of it all was funnier than the actual song. So that's the thing where the show bumped it up. But I definitely would not call Scary Scary Sexy Lady, you know, an up, you know, an underrated song. So yeah, I had a hard time coming up with some anything underrated for this episode or for yeah, for this season. Well, um, that's uh those are our songs the only one that i do also want to mention uh as being one of my favorite songs that i i actually don't know how this didn't come up unless i just missed it uh the first penis i saw uh from paula over there didn't uh somehow did not make the list of any of ours favorite songs i loved it it's so good i would give it a triple five so um, yeah it's funny it's like it's a full bowl of pretzels but a, uh, none of us mentioned it as one of our favorites it's, it's, I, I think it's, it's a song that i think is a great song i think it's deserving of five pretzels but I wouldn't call it one of my favorites. It's this, it's this weird thing where like I appreciate mm. it, but if you talk about like my favorite songs of the season, even you know, like, out of the full out of the fives I gave, it's like at the bottom of the fives. It's a it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Well, I definitely think it's one of my favorites, and certainly uh, made the list. There is a full bowl of pretzels. We don't get a ton of full bowls of pretzels, um, but as for this retrospective. Uh, I believe that's it. I believe we've done it. Overall, we're not giving any more points or pretzels for these songs. Uh, we did it. Season three. Craziest girlfriend. Woo. One describe a podcast. Adam Todd Lady. 50th episode. <laughs> 50th episode. Uh, wow. 50th episode. We are uh, rapidly approaching a full year of the podcast. Crazy. As we are about to head into season four. What a wild ride. Uh, not only this season, but just in general, what a wild ride that we've been on here. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's it's amazing to me. Like before we started this podcast, I didn't think I would ever be able to do a podcast. I never really saw myself as being someone who could. I I always want to, but I didn't have faith in myself that I would be someone who could like come on and and just talk about stuff without like freezing up. Uh, but uh, doing it with both of you has definitely helped me become more comfortable because it's not it's not getting up and, and performing. It's just me talking with friends about something I love. So it's been a great experience. Well, as they say, you're you know you're supposed to face your fears, uh, and that's <laughs> what you did, Todd. So we <laughs> we love to see it. Um, I you know I just have to say uh, two things here as we are closing out our fiftieth episode of the podcast. First and foremost, both to you, Lindy, and to you, Todd. This has been such a blast. We, uh, I, I really love getting to do this for the past 49 weeks and look forward to the next 49. So uh, very much very much looking forward to, to where one indescribable podcast goes in the future. I would give this experience a full bowl of pretzels. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Absolutely full bowl of pretzels. Um, wow. Uh, what an analogy. And the second thing I also have to say here, in addition to having an absolute blast with both of you, uh, huge thank you and shout out to everyone who's still listening to this podcast. We really appreciate you. Uh, you know, we would do this even if zero people listen because we enjoy it and love the show. But uh, we we love to see people also finding this uh, podcast and enjoying it. Um, I've said this right from the start. I think Craziest Girlfriend, if we're talking about underrated stuff, is probably one of the most underrated shows of all time. I think what it does, what it accomplishes, and how it accomplishes that is is spectacular um and it slept on a lot for a lot of uh not invalid reasons but i think a lot of misunderstood reasons um and so for those of you who have given the show a chance given the podcast a chance and have enjoyed it 
uh, enjoyed the characters, enjoyed the songs, enjoyed the stories. Uh, we're happy for you. We love to see it. Uh, as Lindy brought this show into my life not that long ago, we hope that we are now bringing the show into yours because it is, uh, it, you know, makes you truly happy. So that's what I have to say here at the end of our 50th episode. What a milestone. Uh, and similarly, a milestone. We're going to get out of here in less than an hour and a half, which is ridiculously exciting. So to that end, Lindy, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at TV Lindy and our podcast Twitter, 1CXG Podcast. Amazing. Todd, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian has too many characters. You can also find me twice a month over at twitch.tv slash damnphilly doing a Wheel of Time based D&D game called Dreads in the Pattern. Yes, uh, very good stuff happening over there. Uh, I'm Adam H. You can find me on Twitter, Adam and Adam one You can also find me uh, every single week podcasting about Final Fantasy VII uh, with the incredible Brooklyn Zed over on Post Show Recaps where you're doing some really fun stuff there. Uh, the other place you can find me recently, I guess it would have been a week or a half or two weeks ago by the time this drops, I was on Community Building with Jessica Sterling. I uh, had the absolute pleasure of discussing what I believe to be the greatest episode of television, full stop, uh, in regional uh, holiday music. So we uh, had we had such a fun time uh, over there. It was really, really fun. Uh, you get to hear me sing right at the very beginning, uh, which is nothing new for those of you who listen to this podcast, but it's something very new for those of you who listen to Community Building. So uh, that was a ton of fun. Go check me out there. But most important place you can find me is right here where next week – we will not be talking about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We will instead be talking about School of Rock. I am so excited. I cannot even tell you. Um, Todd, did you say the School of Rock is streamable somewhere just before we get off the podcast here? Yes, uh, it is currently available on YouTube, either free with ads or if you have YouTube Premium, it's a uh, part of your service. Okay, so go to YouTube. Uh, get School of Rock, watch it. You know, you have ad block, I have ad block, everyone has ad block. You don't have to watch those ads, whatever. Or watch the ads, I don't care. Support this, I, do, do whatever you're gonna do. Watch the movie, don't watch the movie. Either way, come back here next week because we are gonna talk about it. Uh, and we are gonna absolutely have uh, such a blast as we are doing our final episode before we get into season four, episode one. So that's where you can find me next week. And until then, bye.